right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another Out of This World review. I like this. You know, I like how his tone has been changing lately. I, I like this development. Yeah. Like, what's changing? What are you talking about? This arc. Yes, it went from hopefully to out of this world. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, the one changed. <laughs> I noticed on one of our last ones, he didn't say anything about it. He was just like, we're back with a review. <laughs> we were back. <laughs> we had a review. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It's subtle. We got him. Slowly, we're changing him. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Mike is looking to the stars. He knows our reviews shoot so high. I need to keep a list. I don't remember what I said the last time, so I need to keep a list of what I said. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're keeping track. Are you? <laughs> Somebody's listening. I've got the checklist. I check it off. Every week. <laughs> Not to accelerate the plot here, but we may have watched something. Did it have an accelerated plot? <laughs> Maybe. Did it have lots of unnecessary things in it? I think we'll get into that. We watched Solo, a Star Wars story. The only one I hadn't seen. The only one. Yeah, same here. This was my first foray. Are you glad you've seen it now? Uh, I mean, I'm not. Not glad, I guess. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I'm kind of with TV on that one, I think, actually. Interesting. If you've been following along, we're watching all the Star Wars movies, the major movies, and we we made it to Solo here. We finally made it to the highly anticipated with all of our group here. We all look forward to this one. We sure did. Yep, <laughs> we, we did. Solo, a Star Wars story, was released in 2018. It started out being directed by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, guys who did 21 Drump Street and the Lego Movie. But it had some problems, and Ron Howard came over to take over and fix the thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about here a little bit. I guess the final director on the uh, credits is Ron Howard, written by Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan. He was the writer for episode five. Oh, really? You would assume that that's a good thing, but in this case, it is not. Currently on IMDb, this has a 7.0 out of 10, a 62 Metascore. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 70% tomato meter and a 64% audience score. Just some kind of background information. If you didn't know, this movie came out uh, in May after The Last Jedi, and it kind of flopped pretty hard. At the box office. If you call, like, what, $300 million a flop? For Disney, I guess. And after this, Disney kind of halted all their Star Wars stuff for a bit. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of going full bore ahead, with at least with their streaming channel. But Well, it's it's direct cause of them screwing everything up. They screwed up everything with The Last Jedi and then called all the fans' names who had problems with it. And then they released this one that literally nobody wanted <laughs> and nobody went and saw compared to the other ones. So, well, we may get into that. Just a quick synopsis. If you can't get it from the title, this follows Han Solo and his past, kind of like how he meets uh, Chewbacca, how he meets Lando, and how he becomes pilot scoundrel guy. So it's like the highlight reel of Han Solo's past, all crammed into a two-hour and 15-minute movie. This is actually a pretty long movie. It was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I think we should start out by just being as objective as possible as we can about the movie, and then let's get into the other stuff. It's going to be my suggestion for this review. 
just to kind of contain it. You know, I gotta say, I think I could actually do that pretty easily. I'm kind of with TV here. I wouldn't say that I'm, like, not, not glad that I saw it finally. I was expecting it to be, like, the worst thing ever. And, you know, it's actually pretty okay. Yeah. Like, I would say that I would end this, like, trying really hard to hate everything about it. I, I feel pretty indifferent on, like, the whole, to be honest. You know, there's some things that I'm angry about, but I don't just, like, despise it by any means. Yeah, and, like, this one was one that even, yeah, I was, like, as a very casual Stars fan, like, eh, whatever, you know. And maybe it'll be good, but I don't really care. And obviously, I didn't even go see it in theaters, so... It's like the one that I had the least interest in, but... Yeah, you know, yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. What did you think, Mike? I definitely have some problems with this movie, but I really like the aesthetic of it, how it had the criminal underbelly of Star Wars. We got a little g- bit of a glimpse at that because we were playing um, this Star Wars tabletop RPG game, and it was called Edge of the Empire. And basically that's set in this criminal underbelly thing, and it made me feel... Like, we were kind of playing a little fan-made side story out of that. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, too, out watching it. I was like, man, I feel like I'm playing in this game. That was cool, but I definitely do have some problems in this. Mainly, my main problem with this is Chewbacca is a side character when I wanted a Han and Chewie bromance movie. Is what I wanted. But Chewbacca's just a... A walking dog for Han, pretty much again. He is. This movie gets you. You watch it and you're like, you know, that wasn't too bad, but it wasn't great either. But it's it's a farce because the more you think about it, the worse it gets. And I'm going to point it out and I'm going to do my best to showcase this in this review. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, one thing, uh, I guess... To start at the very, very beginning, I don't want to see if anybody else noticed this, because I bet you guys did. So in the first, like, 15 minutes, did you catch that they, like, do, like, scene for scene, a scene from, like, Smokey and the Bandit with, like, the car chase? (laughs) What? And then whenever Han is in the army, and they're, like, taking that little, like, sand dune, they do word for word the dialogue from Saving Private Ryan on the Normandy beach whenever Tom Hanks first gets up to the barbed wire and the guy drops down and he's like, who's in command? And the guy's like, you are, sir. Really? They also plagiarize one of the Portal games, too. I'm not surprised I was looking, because after the Dune scene, whenever he's like talking to the officers again... And they're like talking about like taking the planet. They do the scene from the uh, the journalism table in Full Metal Jacket, and Han says Joker's lines. Well, I see we're the enemy here. We're the invaders. It was so weird. Like I couldn't tell if I was like unhappy or if I was just like, is this like an Easter egg they put in to entertain us? Like what's happening? I don't know because there was a big kerfuffle about the posters for this movie because this movie has some awesome posters for it. I'll give them credit where credit's due. But guess what? All the posters were uh, stolen, basically. (laughs) I can't think of the right word, but they... We'll we'll just go with plagiarized the posters from another smaller studio or whatnot, and they got called out for it. So I would say they probably knowingly took all that stuff from all these different films in that game and stuck it in there. Yeah, but I feel like it's probably as a referential thing. I don't know if it was just because they didn't know what to write. I think that took them more effort to like look at these movies and write it word for word rather than 
to write their own thing. Oh, they have enough referential stuff already. They didn't need more. <laughs> I would say, you know, that this is the most lighthearted and casual Star Wars movie out there. And so it's kind of a mashup of a lot of different things. And to me, it makes sense because of, you know, the troubled production this thing had. Yeah, because it was supposed to be a comedy first, right? Well, that's what Phil Lord and the other guy thought. And then Disney was like, no, don't do that. And then they got fired. There were some really weird, random, almost like slapstick comedic moments. All in places where it's supposed to be extremely tense moments. They stick in all that misplaced humor and they just ruin it. The worst one I saw was that alien who eats his cards at the card game, but he doesn't just eat them. He grinds them like a beaver. I like that. I thought that was funny. It just felt so weird and out of place. Like the camera just cuts over and he's like beaver chewing through his cards. It's a poker <laughs> montage. We got to see everybody get eliminated. It was just a really weird surreal scene. This movie does definitely have some tone and pacing issues with it. And I know when Ron Howard came in, he reshot, I think, 80% of this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, because there was a kind of, I think it's you have to have shot 90% of the movie to be listed as a director. They had to come to a compromise where Phil and Chris were labeled as producers and uh, Ron was labeled as the director. So my biggest problem with this is, like I said earlier, I wanted a bromance between uh, Han and Chewie because I'm going to bring up this movie Spaceballs, which makes fun of episode four. And there's a character in there, his name's Barf, and he basically is making fun of Chewie. Barf got more, you know, character development than Chewie even gets in this movie by like double. Yeah, for sure. I think they definitely needed to take out the love interest in this movie. What are you saying? You don't just want a rehash of Casino Royale, but in Star Wars? Yeah, the the whole uh, like everybody betrays everybody got kind of old at the end there. Terry and I did, you know, kind of, we were talking about it. The love story is better than the Anakin and Padme love story in episode two. Like, if I'm just going by the series so far, best love story. <laughs> <laughs> Which love story are you talking about? The Han and Kira or the Lando and the stupid robot? <laughs> Ooh, you know, I want to talk about that, actually, whenever we get there. I know we're going to get there. And I have some things to say on that one. I was just saying, I think they should have taken um, Kira's character out of this because... Like, it just kind of feels unnecessary to me for her to be in there, except for to tie Han to some kind of plot they were going along there. It would have been a lot better, I think, if it would have just been Han and Chewie, you know, and Lando. I think even if it was just like the uh, the original crew he was with, with like that alien, that uh, girl, and uh, Woody Harrelson, that was a fun dynamic, and that would have been cool with Chewie there too, of course. But it feels like, yeah, once like things go wrong for the first crew then it's like suddenly we feel like we started a whole new movie <laughs> so what they were originally trying to do was they were gonna keep going with this these characters and make more movies or at least like maybe a tv series for uh disney plus is what i read somewhere ah but then that bombed so hard that they were like okay cancel it it's not going anywhere you know I would have preferred this as a TV show on Disney Plus, actually, as opposed to a movie. Kind of like the young Indiana Jones TV show or whatever, you know? Do the same thing, but with Solo. And then you wouldn't have this movie 
that they made that ruins so much about the character of Han Solo. I mean, I would take, yeah, TV and Mike's point even a step further and say there's a lot of really cool, like, side characters in this movie who feel very unique and, like, they have a lot of backstory and almost none of them get any development at all they just show up and go here i am this is me this is what i do (laughs) see you later i'm gone now (laughs) (laughs) look how unique and fun i was (laughs) i think you're right yeah i think if they would have like extended it out into like a mini series or something it would have been way better just because they'd have more time to tell what they're trying to tell because yeah i think you're right mike because they're just trying to shove like all of that trilogy into this it feels like a little bit that goes into a lot of my criticism of the film too since we're talking about the characters i want to just say that i liked all the characters in this movie i thought that alden ehrenreich did a pretty good job of playing han solo yeah i thought so too that was the big point of contention when everybody saw the trailers was like oh man is this guy gonna do it i think he pulled it off pretty well i don't know if i agree i didn't really like him to be honest i don't know as a young more like wide-eyed version of han solo like he's a little more positive in this i think and more younger at heart which i think is good because it's like his young self you know it makes sense he feels uncomfortable to me a lot like they were like hey have some like false swagger and he was like hmm but i'm a really awkward kid Hmm. Well, Solo didn't have the swagger back then. He was just a kid. I don't know. I just feel like this guy is really awkward and doesn't feel comfortable trying to be like an outlaw cowboy. That's what I think the, the point of the movie is a little bit, too. That's like the, his arc, kind of. Hmm. I, I got to give him props, you know, because he was trying to be Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford is, you know, like one in a million. Nobody has as much charisma as Harrison Ford. He got it a few times, though. He got some of it, I would say. I didn't buy him fully as Han Solo, but, you know, for like a fan film kind of thing, I would say, yeah, he did good. Like, if this was a fan film that somebody put up on YouTube, I mean, very, very high budget (laughs) fan film. If he was just playing him in a fan film or something, you know, I would be like, yeah, this is completely okay. And it's kind of nice that he doesn't like totally imitate him either because that's a pretty hard shoes to fill you know like he kind of gives it his own approach to it as well which i think helps him yeah and i mean han solo is such an iconic character too you know it's better just to go with your own interpretation rather than exact mimicry i feel like at least i thought when he was doing some of his one-liners with chewy and lando that he actually pulled it off real good i was like man i could totally see han saying that if it was harrison ford which I liked. And then moving on to the other characters, Donald Glover just nailed it out of the park as Lando. He was great. I did like him, yeah. He is awesome. He's so underutilized in this movie. Yes, which was too bad. Them playing Sabacc, oh, was great. All their Sabacc games were great. I loved it. I really liked uh, Woody Harrelson. He's probably my favorite in this. He's so good in this movie. He's awesome. Yeah, he was a neat character once again i felt weird what? <laughs> it just kind of feels like he's middle-aged yondu i feel like if he didn't get shot he would have just turned into yondu in guardians of the galaxy because he's a very similar character but he's a fun character and woody harrelson's awesome yeah he did a good job i mean i guess they both have that southern twang to him don't they now that i think about it and they wear the big trench coat and they take the young dude under their wing but then they're like don't trust anybody because i'm an old scoundrel I mean, he does it well. He does. I'm not. I just mean, you know, maybe he was a little 
big for this role. Probably. They were wanting to get get somebody in there that everyone knew. They did. I mean, having Amelia Clark for the love interest is pretty big. Yeah. They just wanted to get a bunch of well-known people to back up Alden, I think, since nobody knew who he was, really. I liked Kira, too, actually. I thought she had some interesting character moments and development in this. Granted, she doesn't get developed as much as she should have, I think, for being the main love interest. While talking about that, I think it would have been better if they weren't a couple at the start of the movie. And then like when Han takes the job, he gets there and sees Kira working as the lieutenant and is like, oh, hello there. And just does this Han thing like he does in episode four. I think that would have worked a lot better. That would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I wish she had some more to do. I think she does the best with what she's got, but they don't really give her a lot of material to work with. I don't feel like. So should we talk about the other love thing i wanted to get to that robot i do want to make a comment on it let's make it brief let's not get too deep into it all right let's hear it well wait wait we gotta say that chewy was great as always well yeah he was perfect whenever he got on screen and got to do something him and han were some of the best scenes in the film I love how they meet each other. Like, it's really good, I think. Really? Yeah, I think it's fun, and I like their interactions. Eh. I'm a little torn on the meeting scene. I don't like the meeting scene, um, just because it doesn't make sense that they're dragging a Wookiee around. Maybe he was on the planet. That's true, he could be, but I think the terrible idea to have Han speak Wookiee to Chewie when (laughs) Chewie already knows English was a terrible decision and should not have even been filmed. Well, he wasn't listening. I thought it was kind of funny. It was dumb, but it was kind of funny. There's a reason that humans don't speak (laughs) Wookiee. For me, that ruins the whole scene when he starts doing that. I'm like, really? It wakes him out of his Wookiee rage. I guess, but... (laughs) He is in a Wookiee rage. I'll say again, there's a reason that nobody in the movies speaks Wookiee except Chewbacca. (laughs) Because it's dumb? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is dumb, but I kind of thought it was amusing because of how dumb it was. Sounds like you would have liked the original cut of this film. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. All right. All right, on to L337. Ugh. I think this is the worst character, worse than Jar Jar, that's ever been in a Star Wars film. Uh, I don't know if I'd say worse than Jar Jar. I would with 100%. I would say worse than Jar Jar. Jar Jar's at least funny. I thought she was kind of funny. No! Destroyed is annoying. I gotta say, she was not at all what I had heard that was gonna happen there. I felt like I was very misled on that whole thing. I had heard that Lando was trying to get with the droid, and the droid was this ultra-feminist pansexual character, and that was not at all what I felt like in this movie. Yeah, that was a, a rumor that like a reporter baited one of the Kasdans into doing. You can go look it up, but it was just a bait to get a headline out there. But the character is still not very good. We needed more with her to like have it work, you know, because she's only there for like one scene, it feels like, or like one section of the movie, and then she's gone because she dies. So maybe we should we should like specify what her deal is, maybe. She's an SJW ultra-feminist 
bot and i hate her okay but like her whole deal like personality in the film is that she feels that robots are enslaved that is her personality (laughs) she feels robots as a whole are enslaved and droids should be free and not have to work for humans which is something we were talking about one of the last couple episodes like i think that's kind of interesting because that is something they never bring it up this is a good point (laughs) why are these droids killing each other well because they're not They're not sentient is the point, you know, they're just machines. She's sentient. Well, that's where it comes in, I guess. Is is she sentient, though? R2's definitely sentient. You can't tell me he's not sentient. He hasn't had his memory wiped. He's all messed up. His program's all screwed up. So is that wrong that these robot once these robots get sentient, that we should just wipe them so that they follow our orders again? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, they're machines. Like, I get what they're doing, and I felt like she was supposed to be a gag. Like the um that episode of Futurama, where the robots take over the world and are like socialist russia i felt like that's what she was supposed to be but then they tried to scrap the comedy version of this movie and it just comes off really cringy she does get to be a bit much i think yeah especially following the last jedi and the criticisms that the director and a lot of people involved threw at the people saying their movie was bad it's a little on the nose and is like rubbing salt in a wound when she's on screen because she's basically mocking all those people. Yeah, I feel like this character is just there to make a political statement. Honestly, the character, the droid, whatever you want to call her, has no point in this movie besides being a political statement to me. I don't know. I don't really feel like she was supposed to be a political point, to be honest. I just felt like she was supposed to be like a socialist communist take-to-the-streets gag that became cringy. Yeah, I think she was supposed to be just kind of an over-the-top character. I really didn't get the feminist vibe at all from her. And I felt like that scene, the quote feminist scene, was like offset by Amelia Clark's doubt of her sentience. The feminist vibe does... It's, it's like not super strong there for me, but she like yells constantly. Like all she does is freaking yell. And then when her line where she's like, Lando wants to get with me, but I'm never going to let him do it. That's kind of what irked me more than anything else. and makes me think it's more of a statement because they're changing Lando's character. I never felt like he wanted to get with her. She comes across to the me that she kind of is the kind of droid to be like, oh yeah, everybody wants me. I'm the best kind of thing. That's the vibe I got from her. That's exactly what I got, TV. Yeah. Like she was just like confused. Well, Lando was like bawling his eyes out when she died. It's his first mate. Dude, Luke would totally ball his eyes out if R2 died. Guess what? You can repair her because she's a droid. (laughs) So there's no reason to get so upset. Okay, people get attached to droids in this universe, though. It's not the first time it's happened. You can repair her. You can take her core and stick it in a new bot. There's no reason for it. That's what he did. Yeah. And that, I guess, is a good segue into my point. Uh, She's an awful character, I think. And her only reason for being in the film, besides making the political statement, if you agree with me and Mike, is for them to explain a couple throwaway lines in episodes four and five. The one I'm thinking of specifically is in episode five when C-3PO interfaces with the Falcon and gets mad because the Falcon's very rude and uppity, let's say. So... They do the awful thing in this film of taking this terrible droid character who's just annoying and like you don't want to see it all on the film. And they're like, ah, we've got to make her real uppity 
but make it like fit in with the current social climate of the day and age. And we're going to have them interface her core into the Falcon to explain away that one line in episode five. I will agree with all of that besides the social statement part. Everything else, it is terrible. And I do believe you. Yeah, she's there to explain why the Falcon is rude. That is my number one problem with this film, right? Is that concept. They decide we're going to explain literally every single thing that you've heard about Han Solo in this one movie. It cheapens the character so much by them doing it because you have to think, right? So Han didn't do all his legendary achievements he talks about uh, throughout a glorious smuggling career. No, he does literally every single thing on one job. His first job, nevertheless, as a rookie, he meets Chewie and saves Chewie. That's fine. That explains everything about that. But let's see. What else do they do that cheapens his character? They show how he gets his gun. He didn't make it himself because he was such a good gunfighter and needed to custom make his gun. No, it was just some hand-me-down he got from another guy. I mean, I'm not opposed to the hand-me-down angle. You know, I mean, it's like Indiana Jones and his whip. He does the Kessel Run. On his first job, something that nobody's been able to do because they can't fly through that maelstrom or however they explain it. First job. He's never going to do anything else in his smuggling career that tops that. And he's just going to keep talking about it throughout the thing. So what am I supposed to believe between this and episode four? He didn't do anything else crazy and cool. Man, that one makes me really angry more than anything else. We'll have to talk about Kessel later. They did get the parsecs being distance and not time correct, which was good. I was worried they were going to screw that up. It was like a joke, though. I always thought it was funnier that he didn't know that parsecs was like distance originally, but then they were like, no, no, he knows there was a reason. I think that maybe Lucas didn't know the difference. Nah, Lucas didn't know it was going to be distance and not time, but I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about (laughs) Han's character. I mean, I could go on and name every single part in this film where they do that, but I'm not going to because that would take the whole rest of the review. You get the point. But the worst one of all, and it's the same criticism I had for Suicide Squad, is you've got this bad guy who's a smuggler and a rogue scoundrel, but everybody feels the need to tell him, no, you're the good guy. You're not going to be a scoundrel because you're the good guy. You always do the right thing and you help out people. That is terrible because they literally take three or more people who stop and like look at the camera and like this guy's a good guy he's gonna do the right thing every time and you know why that's bad in this movie because it ruins his character arc in episode four where he's a scoundrel and his good thing that he does is helping out his friends to fight back against the Empire. This movie completely ruins that character arc if you consider it part of the canon and cheapens the character of Han so much, it upsets me. (laughs) Very much so, if you cannot tell. (laughs) And I hate this movie for it. I hate it. I mean, I like the arc. I thought it was interesting that he was like kind of putting up a front that he's like the big rogue, but everyone can kind of just see right through him. I thought that was kind of good. And, you know, maybe he hardens up after this movie because of all the stuff he went through. He had to shoot his mentor and all that stuff. So if we had more films, it would probably make more sense. But the way we leave it, 
yeah, I could see why you might be mad. He should have been hardened up in this film. And that would make his character change in four so much better. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is I kind of just look over the Disney stuff. That's how I'm starting to do it, too. (laughs) I just kind of look at this like, hey, this is a side story of what if. Like, if I was reading a what if Star Wars novel, you know, like Death Troopers, which is an awesome Star Wars novel that I think everybody should read. It's basically zombie stormtroopers. It's so cool. I kind of viewed this more as like a super high budget fan film. And when it came out, I'm not going to lie. I was very insulted. I was that Star Wars fan who was like, why are you doing this? I hate everything Disney's doing about it. But I've cooled down a lot since then about all that stuff. And I kind of view it more as like, hey, a fan what if film. Or it's like an interpretation even or something, you know. Yeah. It just isn't worth it for me to get worked up about all this stuff anymore. I would say I'm with you, Mad Mike. I only get worked up about the canon stuff anymore, it seems like. The movies can do whatever, and I mean, I I don't know, whatever. Please tell me that everybody here hates how he gets the name Solo. Because I hate that so much. That's the worst part for this movie. That's the worst part for me. That's kind of dumb. Very lame. I would say it's so low. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. They didn't need to do that. Like, why couldn't that just be his name? You know, like Skywalker is a pretty, like, intense, you know, defining name. And that family just has that name because they have the name. Why can't he just have the name Solo? Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. Or he could at least get it from some achievement he does when smuggling, like make it a nickname that he just keeps as a last name. Anything would have been better. Like he works alone until he meets Chewie, the lovable Wookiee who melts his cold heart. (laughs) (laughs) Or if, if he gets in a shootout, he leaves everyone dead but himself. There's something cooler and ties in with him shooting first, which I am glad they did do that in this movie. That was good. Yeah, I like that too. Just blasts Woody Harrelson. That's a smart idea. That guy's pretty fancy with them guns. Don't trust him. (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't even thought about that in that scene. They're kind of apologizing for like the Lucas stuff later when he remastered the (laughs) episode four. That's so funny. it's, It's weird for me because I like the characters. I like what they get right with Han Solo and Lando and all that stuff. But all those other things just ruin it. And I'm like, I would have been happy if this movie was the three years he was in the Imperial Academy in the uh, Navy or whatever, and then getting sent to the ground forces. That would have been cool because I loved the battle scene where we actually get to see a ground war in Star Wars during the Empire era. That was awesome. I really liked that. Right. And guess what? It would get rid of all the problems I have with this film if they would have done that. Just do something nobody's expecting. Don't even address these things. Or if you want to address it, address like 
how he makes his blaster. Because it would make sense that he comes up with a modified gun during a ground war. Is that a, a thing from the canon that he makes his own blaster? I mean, it was. Okay, I, I didn't know. You keep bringing that up. I didn't know if that was like an essential thing for Han Solo. I don't know. It was like Han's custom blaster before. I don't know enough about him to know that, yeah. Like how he customized the Millennium Falcon and did it all himself instead of, in this one, getting super excited over a standard YT freighter. I digress. I'm done with my rant. You bring up a good point is I think even this problem comes in in like Marvel movies is that directors and writers are very scared to tell like low key stories, not huge stakes, not hitting all the highlights. You know, they're afraid to do that. I don't know if that comes from upper management or whatever. They're like, hey, you have to include this. But like the original Deadpool movie, if you like it, maybe you don't. I know TV's not big on it, but like it's a low-key character story of Deadpool, you know? It's not the world's in danger, it's just a personal story. I feel like that's what this should have been. This isn't that high-key either, though, I don't think. But it hits all of the high points from the character's life in one setting. Which is what makes it feel like not a personal bull story. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's like you could go to, um, like Han Solo's had a huge smuggling career by the time episode four comes around. He's been doing it forever. And he's got all this rich backstory. But they hit literally everything in one movie that spans his first job. You know, it's fun. It's low-key. It's kind of more casual than every other Star Wars movie. Uh, and it makes me feel like I'm playing a D&D or, you know, Edge of the Empire campaign. But it just hits everything for Han Solo's character, you know, in two hours. I didn't hate it, though. I did enjoy it somewhat, you know. Like, I think that, like, the vibe of it with, yeah, the gritty, like, mob stuff, the poker stuff, the gang stuff was cool. The um, The Marauders were really cool to a point. Like, all the actors, I think, do a really good job. Like, the mob boss I really liked in this movie, too. Whoever the actor is who plays Vision. Paul Bettany. Yeah. I thought he was really cool. He felt like a Bond villain. I know I mentioned the Bond thing earlier, but... He's literally just Le Chief. It was awesome. I, I didn't dislike it. I think it is jumbled, but I think there's some really cool moments in here. The train heist is really cool, I think. I think that robot scene, the oh, robot uprising was hilarious. <laughs> The robots was marching on the computers. <laughs> yeah, that, like, gunk droid. What was it? Smashing a, a console? Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> I will admit, that was funny. I hated the uprising thing, but that gunk droid smashing the computer was pretty funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. The gunk droid is the best. I didn't hate this movie either. It's not my least favorite Star Wars movie. It's not my favorite. It was just, you know, it was kind of in the middle road for me. Out of all the ones I've seen so far, it's in the top half for sure. <laughs> Ouch. Oof. Oof. And I've seen a lot of people who say that, you know. Um, I've seen online a lot of people were like, you know, this is actually one of my favorite Star Wars movies, you know? Well, I mean in the series so far. So like out of all the ah. three that we've seen so far, like it's probably up there with Revenge of the Sith. Not of in total, yeah. Like I'll wait till the end of the series to decide about that. You're so good about staying in the context of the show, TV. I have to applaud you for that. I can't stay in context. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, it's so hard. Well, I mean, we're about to get to the the best chunk of these movies, you know, 
everybody kind of agrees that the best chunk of these movies is coming up. So following what you were saying, Mike, I totally get why people would like this movie because if it wasn't about Han Solo, I think I would have liked this movie a lot because it does what I want out of the new Star Wars films is it does something different, right? It focuses on the expanded lore of Star Wars like the prequels did. It gives us new interesting characters in interesting situations for some cool action like on the, the train or the Kessel Run. And having the new monster in space was awesome. Cthulhu shows up for a second. I live and enjoy that. (laughs) He does. (laughs) I like that. It does all that cool stuff. But for me, knowing what comes after that and seeing how it just destroys Han's character in episode four, I can't get past that. I don't know if that's just a me thing. I, I don't know. For me personally, I cannot get past that. I mean, I guess I'm not as passionate about it, but I, I don't feel like it's ruined anything for me. Like, there's still some time in between the two, like, movies to have changes and stuff. It's not like he proceeds to directly go and meet Luke in the bar after this movie. Although he's about to. He's about to head off to Tatooine to get in with Jabba. Yeah, who knows how long he's worked for Jabba. I don't know. Yeah, but he's already done all his stuff. Is the problem. It's not like a legendary outlaw career that he's had. He's done all his cool stuff until he blows up the Death Star in 4. And it ruins that character arc in 4 for him. Because he's already done it, apparently. And you already know he's going to do the right thing. So, I can't, I can't get past that with this film. Dan, you've been hitting on every movie so far. John Williams and his score. This movie does not have John Williams in it. And I can definitely tell that. You know, I was thinking about that halfway through. I was like, you know, the music in this movie sucks. It's like Star Wars-esque. But like if some dude was just like, hey, I need to imitate Star Wars, but try and make it a little bit different. And then they don't even utilize the music in this movie. Like it's there, but it's so in the background all the time. And all the musical cues are just repeats from John Williams without anything new. We don't get a duel of fates from one. You don't get across the stars from two. You don't get battle of heroes from three. You just get the same theme with a little bit of change in it. I think it was passable. I don't think it was that bad. I mean, it was imitating John Williams, but obviously they're going to do that because it's Star Wars. You know, say what you will about Lucas and his editing style, but... I'm just going to bring up that scene at the end of episode two where Anakin and Padme are getting married and the music score is just blaring and you don't have anything else going on. That guy knows how to let the music do the talking, even though he wasn't the big you know, editor for episode five. He was in the, the prequels, but he knows when to let the music come in and the music drives those scenes. There's nothing like that, and so not even close. There was one moment I really liked, though. It was the advertisement for the Imperial Army, but it was like a happy version oh. of the Imperial March. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was awesome. I found that hilarious. That was funny. That's fair. All right, yeah. But, yeah, it's just you hitting the music on every one of these reviews, Dan. It got me thinking this one. I was like, you know, John Williams is not here. And you can tell if you're, like, looking for it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't say it sucks, but I would say it is noticeable for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just a whole completely different take on it, you know, 
where the music is completely backseat in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess maybe before we, we, we do the final thing, I do just want to shout out real quick the Warwick Davis cameo. Yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> so He was there. I was so happy. Out of the suit too. Yeah. He shoots a rocket launcher. Yes. They should have gave him a little more to do. <laughs> they should have. Like I didn't realize it was him at first and then I was like I was like, oh my God, it's Warwick <laughs> <laughs> with his long epic hair. He's awesome. I yeah, I love his little cameos in these movies. It's fun. Yep. That's great. All right. So, well, I think most of us got our, you know, overall presentation out. So let's just do it because we do it in every episode. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, yeah. It's the last paragraph in the essay. Yeah. I won't be as long though, <laughs> this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. We have a scale for these uh, these movies that we use to rate them. Um, the first one is Burn It. The second one is Pass. The third one is watch it, and the fourth one is buy it. We kind of all give a little spiel, give our ratings, and then we try to average it, if possible, at the end. So, there you go. I gotta say, I'm very curious to see what everybody gives this one. I am, too. If I would have done this review a year ago, I think I would have had a very different take on it. Because I was pretty, you know, heated about The Last Jedi, and then when this one came out, it kind of sent me over the top. Where I was just like, man, I'm done with Star Wars. I don't want to watch another movie. But I'm, I have to say I was actually glad that I watched this. I like the aesthetic. I like that it made me feel like we were playing, you know, a D&D Edge of the Empire thing. There definitely could have been a lot of things done better in this movie. But I actually didn't hate watching it. You know, it was kind of fun. It got me in the mood to want to play Edge of the Empire again, which we should do sometime. Yes, so I'm going to have to give this one a watch it. You know, it's it's got some bad things in there. But if I view it in a different context, you know, that I've been viewing the other movies, I, I did enjoy this one. You know, it was kind of fun for me to watch. Yeah, I think you've all brought up points that I agree with throughout this review. And I agree with a lot of what Mad Mike said. I mean, you know, if, yeah, if I'd seen this a year ago, there probably would have been a lot more yelling in this review. <laughs> but I, th- I think, you know, Dan also has a point like this does cheapen the character of Han Solo, who is not only one of the most iconic Star Wars characters, but I would even say characters in film as a whole. And at the risk of sounding like Natalie Portman, that that breaks my heart a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to fade away any second now. (laughs) You know, but there's probably some kids out there who have only seen episode seven and eight and haven't even seen the original trilogy. So they know Han Solo as this old, weird guy who gives a gun to Rey. And now this is what they have, and it's not that bad. And I feel like me having to say it's not that bad isn't a great thing. I like what you said earlier about how, as a Star Wars movie, this would have been awesome if it had just been anybody besides Han Solo. So I'm going to give it a watch it. Like, me personally... Yeah, there's some rough things out there, but it really wasn't that bad. And I wouldn't say I was bored. I would say I had fun sometimes, even when I wasn't mad about the music in the canon. So I would say it's a watch it. I was like, I guess, pleasantly surprised by watching this. I had semi hopes for it just because I have enjoyed the newer Star Wars films for the most part. You know, it does have some problems. It could be a lot more focused for sure. I do see your point. You guys saying that, you know, he covers like everything that we know about Han Solo in this one movie. But, you know, I think it is a fun like adventure movie as well. There's some 
some really good stuff in there. I think that all the characters are pretty good. The guy playing Han Solo, I think, pulls it off for the most part. It's not the same Han Solo we know, but he's also a younger Han Solo, so I think that makes sense. I didn't feel like he got cheapened that much. I liked his character arc. And yeah, there's some really cool like background like gangster stuff in here that, yeah, I've never seen before and I was kind of interested in. So I'm going to give it a watch it as well. It's probably from the movies we've watched so far in this series, I would say I like it maybe second best. Maybe it's pretty close with Revenge of the Sith for me. So as of now. So there is some stuff I like about this movie. I like the characters. I really like Han's interactions with Lando. Donald Glover stole the show as Lando, of course. When Han and Chewie were together doing their thing, that was great. And I'd be lying if I did not say that I didn't crack a smile when Han and Chewie finally sat together in the cockpit of the Falcon and they started playing the Star Wars theme. The Sabacc stuff was great. I loved all that. But, I mean, just the rest of it, I can't get over what they do to Han's character in this one and how it does nothing but take away from his character in episode four. Pretty much everything they do in this one, they should have left as a legend of Han Solo and didn't explore. It should have been its own thing, something new we've never seen about Han Solo and just left all that stuff alone. I agree with you guys. If it had been anybody else but Han Solo, I think I would have liked it too. But since it is Han Solo and it's canon, I can't get over it. So I'm going to say burn it. Wow. Oof. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Is it better or worse than episode two? Worse for me anyways. Objectively, it's better. But for me, it's worse than episode two. Just in the context of the all the movies and stuff? In the context and how they... D- They crap on one of my favorite characters so much, it's worse. Makes sense. So I guess that rounds it out to uh, a watch it though, right? I think so. Which surprises me, actually. Just wait. The more you think about it. I was like you guys when I watched it first. I was like, you know what? That was all right. Not great, but not bad either. And then the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. And I was like, you know what? This is a big insult. I hate it. Is this the the Dan mind trick where he's like... Think of it this way. You don't like this movie. Think of it this way, guys. It's terrible. <laughs> the Dan mind trick. He always pulls You want to go home and rethink your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be sitting at work and I'll be like, hmm, Han Solo movie. And then Dan's voice in the back of my head. Just think about it, guys. <laughs> Let it fester. Yeah. Do it. He's Sidious over there in his chair, full of hate. <laughs> He's trying to turn us. Well, so next week um, will be Rogue One, right? Yep, Rogue One's next. Yeah. So be sure to tune in for that one. So uh, if any of you out there, any listeners, want to give us any recommendations for movies to watch or like any series that you want us to do, you can hit us up at uh, runtherealpodcast.gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Run The Real or on Twitter at Run The Real. Hit us up. We want to know what you think about these Star Wars movies too. Let me know what you think about Solo. There's got to be somebody out there who hates it as much as me. Is it ruinous for the character? We want to know what you think. Yeah. We want to know. Thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off.